Hello, and welcome to Spirit Body. I'm your host, Kaylee Knapp, and I don't want to oversell this episode, but I will just say it is super interesting. I had the privilege of chatting with Dr. Melissa Mackney. She is a natural doctor, a certified Reiki master, a yoga teacher. She does a lot of other things. Really, she has a wealth of knowledge in like the spiritual world. And it is so just like fun and interesting to hear her talk about her story and how she got into Reiki. So this episode is basically all about Reiki. The first part of the episode is the conversation that we had. And the second part of the episode is a kind of my follow-up where I actually did a Reiki session with her. And I talk all about that and what that experience was like. It was like kind of wild, I think, <laughs> for me. I was, it was just really, really cool. Well, I'm Dr. Melissa Mackney, and I am the owner of Pure Earth Yoga and Wellness Center. I teach yoga. I have also in the wellness center, we do a lot of detoxification, things like foot baths and Reiki and sound healing. And I also do iridology readings, which can tell the state of the health and a few other goodies, flower essences. I do I, that as well. Um, but yoga is where it all started and, and it grew from bloom from there. That's awesome. So I know that I told you in our email that I am very interested in hearing about Reiki. Mm -hmm. So I, okay, all I know about Reiki is that people say that it is energy healing. Mm -hmm. And I still, that evokes kind of an image in my mind, yeah. but I still don't know what that means. <laughs> so I would love to hear from you. Right. No, it's, it's actually kind of an abstract concept in our society, I realize. So it's a great, great question to ask. I did my yoga teacher training in India in the um, foothills of the Himalayas. It was it was a very profound experience, a very spiritual place. I had to work really hard doing yoga all the time, as well as diet was part of it. When I finished my practice, I wanted to learn something more, and I felt that I already had a, a, a huge physical change and mental change within myself. I thought Reiki would be a great thing to 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 kind of delve into and. So um, it was offered to me to get certified. Part of the certification is to get a healing. The, the, the teacher will do a healing on you, make sure. Um, and that's a big, big, basically the first step in Reiki. And then they will teach you the techniques on um, the different energy points and how to, um, how to, you know, open up your energy. I left being become being more aware of my energy. I cried during the, the session. I had a lot of energy change. It was almost embarrassing. I remember like, and they're like, that's fine. It's normal <laughs> because um, my energy was healing and flowing finally um, after being stagnant from traumas. And we all have traumas, actually even being born in the, the birthing process and as a child, and it can be from a mother, is a, is a traumatic experience. And we don't always think of it that way. We think of it, it's, a, it's a beautiful experience. But sometimes um, we can just remember those that change from one state to another. Anyways, and I know that you're pregnant now, so I'm, 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 I'm going to point that yeah. out as well. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, but we can remember it. And um, unconsciously, it's, it's hidden in like our DNA. So anyways, I, I left um, India and I did not, even though I was, I had finished level two of Reiki, I did not have confidence in myself. I felt like if I were to charge somebody for Reiki, it would be fake. I didn't have that confidence to do it as a professionally. 
I ended up going back to India for more yoga training, but then I also went back for Tibetan sound healing. And my teacher also taught Reiki. So I said, let's do this again. I'm going to go through the training again with her. Um, this time it was with the female. And I, I felt a little bit more comfortable with her, maybe because she was a woman. I don't know. But um, her, her way of teaching, I felt she was a little bit, just a little bit different. And I, I left feeling healthy and better physically, but I still didn't have that confidence to, I really, really wanted, even as a yoga teacher, you know, you want to, you have so much fear, first of all, getting in front of that first class, like, oh my God, what am I doing? You feel like you're going to faint. I had the same intimidation with Reiki. So I thought, you know what, this is something that I realized with yoga it's all about energy, opening your energy channels, and then getting into meditation. It was all part of it. Reiki was just naturally, it was on the path. And as I increased my physical awareness with yoga and my breath awareness and my mental awareness with meditation and everything, I felt stronger, but there was one thing missing. So I um, saw, I go to Bali periodically when I can when I can, <laughs> COVID isn't hitting. And I um, did a crystal crystal healing course and it was incorporating Reiki. And I realized that the crystals really helped to empower me. And, and, and that was it. I, I felt like I had it. I, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, it's in my hands. I understand now. I, I felt like I had been empowered and it's like an aid. The crystals are just like, um, I think within my energy, because I'm very, sometimes my, my earth, earth element can be a little weak because the other energies are much stronger at times. Mentally, we start float, almost floating away, <laughs> but like the crystals help to stabilize me and um, helped also draw energy from the client. So then I felt comfortable coming back and, and doing Reiki sessions with that. I've had some very surprising experiences with Reiki. I had a client, I won't ever forget. She came in and she's like, I don't believe in this. My sister sent me here. And she had just gone through a serious trauma. Her husband had just moved out the day before oh, wow. and she was really traumatized. And she had almost like a scowl on her face, understandably. So she had been through a lot. So I thought, okay, you know, this is, this is a challenge for me. You know, if, if she doesn't believe in it, then something else has to happen. Well, I, I, I had my bowls, my Tibetan sound healing bowls with me and I grabbed the heart chakra one. And I thought, I'm going to just use this one today as well to help me during the session. I noticed there were, it's like, um, as you move throughout the body, these images come to your head and you don't always understand what it is, but it's very important as a Reiki um, practitioner to be aware of your energy, to be able to, to have very strong self-awareness, one, to be able to protect yourself and two, be, to be able to understand where it's coming from. So when I tap into people, I will often see things and I'll I will visually try to um, remove them if there's darkness there and, and kind of coax it out very gently, easily. Um, and it takes, you know, everyone is different. 
anyways, back to the woman, she, I put my bowl on her heart and I started hitting it. And I swear it, I thought my bowl was broken. It was not ringing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's never done that before. Her heart was literally broken. Oh, wow. And so I kept hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. And finally it started to ring and I, the tears started welling up inside of her. She, it started to loosen her energy up. So to a point where she was able to release, if you think of crying as a way of washing the soul. And so it was a way she was finally able to find that space to, to release. Um, when I came to her crown toward her shoulders, I felt this incredible feeling of sorrow and heartbreak just rushed through my body. Obviously, that was from her. It was clearly not me. And so I was able to um, thankfully protect myself from it and help to direct it out, out of her. And when she got up, she had this big smile on her face and she's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I knew that I helped somebody. I helped, you know, heal her heart. And that was so empowering. I have many other stories too, if you would like to hear. But Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, well, one thing that, first of all, there are a lot of things you've said that I'm like, this is so interesting. <laughs> but one thing that I guess I didn't think about this before, it seems obvious now, but it sounds like anyone who goes into a Reiki session needs to be willing to be very vulnerable. Mm. Otherwise, I, I would guess it would make your job more difficult if people are it, trying to be closed off or trying to protect themselves. Well, it, it, it can be like the instance with the story that I just told you with that lady, she was closed off. She didn't believe it. She wasn't a believer and she didn't have to be. I was able to, thankfully with that bowl, I felt that was a key because she was closed off. It opened things up. So yeah, it's, it's important. I take it very seriously in that I, I, I don't, I'm a vegetarian, but I, I tell people, I'm like, I wouldn't even eat eggs. And when I'm giving a Reiki session beforehand, I watch my diet very, very carefully. You know, most people will, will fast um, when they do it. That's a, a good thing as well before they give a Reiki session. And I, I get nervous before each session because I always want to evoke the right energy and, and do a good job. And I have always doubts, but once I get into it, it's like, Oh, okay. I feel the energy's open and, and, it, and it's good to go. There's a, there's another story I, I will share with you. There was a, a, it's a sad story. I had a girl come in and she had been raped. She had uh, clearly a lot of traumas and she didn't tell me that she had these pains so much in her abdomen area. But when I, you know, again, I work intuitively and as I come down toward her pelvic area, I see these needles like just jabbed, like old school, like metal and glass needles just jabbed into her, her abdomen area. And I thought, oh my Lord. And so I just started throwing them out into the light to just, you know, become neutral and, and, and pure. And I, it took me a while to get them all out. And I finally did. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I thought, and she got up and she said, oh my gosh, I'm not in pain anymore. I said, what do you mean? She said, I've been in, had this pain. Like every time I would even do yoga, she's like, I, I just been had this pain here. And she was shocked when she left. And I was too. Cause I'm like, 
wow, I did it. <laughs> you know, and there was no conversation about this beforehand. It just, she confirmed to me, she just felt so free afterward. And I was, I was very grateful to be able to give her that relief and power. But basically what that does is it kind of confirms, you know, our psychological traumas can relate to physical. So the mind and the body are very much connected and we lose in our society. We aren't really aware of that. And so it's something that I try to help people come back in touch with. Wow. One thing that I just wanted to add was that I used to be someone who really didn't believe so much in this mind, body, like spirit connection. When I was in college, so like 10 years ago, maybe I I was seeing a a therapist, like a, a counselor and I was talking to her about how much anxiety I felt and like stress. And she asked me to describe it as if it were a physical thing happening in my body. And I said that it was like something, I think I said like a dark green, something like slimy. And she said, where is it? And I said, in my intestines. And the very next week I had to cancel my session with her because I was in the hospital being diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which is an intestinal thing. And because of that, a side note, I don't actually really feel any symptoms of Crohn's disease. So, but at that time I was like, oh my goodness, I described, I didn't necessarily get the physical aspect, right. But the location was the same location. And that moment on is kind of what led me to be more aware or more, maybe believing in this mind, body, spirit connection. The other thing I was going to ask you, so I think this might be difficult to describe because obviously you've gone through a lot of training and are a practitioner, but just to people listening, when you were removing the needles, what does that look like? Like how, how do you do that? I know that you can't really tell, tell us as if we're going to do it, but What is that kind of, what do you do in order to do that? Sure. I mean, it's just like a, like a visual, like if you visualize somebody, like you you can see their face in your head, it's kind of like a visual of that comes and you know that you weren't thinking on that. First of all, you clear your mind beforehand. I just, I just grabbed them and I just started yanking them out and throwing them into the light. I mean, it took me a little while, but I was I knew when I was done, I knew when they were completely gone. I've seen a cast on somebody before and they said they had some problems there when they were younger. Psychically, that cast is still there for them. Um, And I felt it needed to stay there. And so I kept it, but I I just let them know that it's there. So it's, it's a, it's a strange thing. Um, And it's different, I think for every practitioner, but that that's what it is for me. Wow. To be honest, that is much more intense than I was expecting. Like as far as just the the stories and what it's like for you as a practitioner that, wow. And I wonder how you protect your energy because that to me, even with yoga, and I have not nearly the experience that you do with teaching yoga, but I often feel like I have to not touch my students because I feel like, it would be difficult to protect my energy. Right. That's a, it's a great question. And I was definitely at your point and you have to start somewhere. And uh, 
So it's, it's a great, great thing. I'm glad I hope I can, you know, help give you some insight on that. I was the same way for a long time because I have been an empathetic person or an empath. I would take people's energy on as a youth. And that led me down to some physical ailments, mental ailments throughout my life. I struggled with that. You know, yoga and learning Reiki it just literally changed my life because I finally had control and protection from that and an awareness of who I was. So when before you start a session, you need to preferably do a little meditation, clear your energy. I like to use sage. Of course, my crystals are very purifying as well. And I say a prayer and, and ask my, my spirit guides to come in and support me and help me. Um, that's essential. I was not a believer in angels for a long time in my life. And now I believe in them. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> come on in because I need help. You said that you use crystals. Yeah. Is that mostly, do you use them like for the, I keep wanting to say patient. I don't know if that's the right word. Client. Yeah. <laughs> client. Do you use them for the client or is it more for yourself, for your own energy? It's for the client. Now I, I will grid them as well to protect them. And I, I, there are some Reiki like symbols that you, you do and, and practices you do to protect yourself beforehand from their energy, from taking it on also to protect the client you do beforehand and afterwards to seal their energy in. So there's, it's like a ritual process. I, when I read and I look at different things, everybody does it a little bit differently because it's very ancient. And at the same time, it's been kind of discovered in many different places. Um, But the crystals I find really help to kind of draw the energy out. And then I will purify and clean them afterward and, and, salt water usually and through energy to make sure that the energy doesn't transfer from one client to the other. Hmm. That's really cool. Oh, I wanted to ask you if there are any common misconceptions about Reiki that you might want to clear up or find that people don't really understand what it is or something like that. Sure. I would be careful, first of all, who you trust with Reiki. I think everybody needs to really follow their intuition when they go to somebody. You can feel that energy if it's right or not. I'm sorry, what was your question again? (laughs) Just common mis... Well, can I tack on to that question and say either common misconceptions or just things you would like people to know about Reiki or about preparing for a session? Right, right. That energy is real. We are all made of energy. Uh, One thing that I wanted to point out earlier, I forgot to, um, which might help you understand things in a little bit differently. As a naturopath, I had to learn about the different organs of the body. And believe it or not, every organ holds a different emotion. The lungs hold grief. Um, The heart holds joy and excitement. The liver holds anger. So if you have somebody that is very angry, you'll see that energy there. And it's, it's the, the core, the sacral chakra, you know, okay, something's going on there. We got to cleanse that out. The gallbladder holds resentment. So mind body are very much connected. When somebody has a physical ailment um, mentally, I, I work, try to work with them holistically. Oh, I have a pain here. Okay. We can, we have an herb or a remedy for that, but let's back up and figure out what are you so resentful about? We can't resolve the problem unless we address that. And I'm not a therapist. 
but sometimes just expressing and having the person talk about it can be helpful. With Reiki, it's a little different, but I usually talk to my clients before and after. And like I said, everybody's, every practitioner is different. You kind of have to find your own way and just follow your intuition when you go to somebody for it. That's very interesting. So my husband is a chiropractor and I feel like what you are saying is almost similar to what he says, but he deals with more of more of the physical side of things. But that same idea that you have to get to the source of the problem, really. Otherwise, it's always going to kind of repeat and you you might be able to mask a symptom, but it's not going to really heal unless you like really allow yourself to heal holistically. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mind, body, spirit. It's, it's a, it's a real thing. I tell people as well, I have a lot of clients come in and their crown chakra is blocked. That is our connection with a higher power. I'm always surprised at how many, how often that happens. And I, I find that a lot of people think that to be spiritual, you have to be religious. So I'm a big supporter that no, they can be, they're separate. And it's good that that if they're combined, if you're a religious and spiritual person, but you can be a spiritual person and not be religious because people lose their, their spiritual energy. Their, their crown becomes blocked if they aren't connected to a religion. There's some kind of, maybe they were hurt by, by something. So it's, it's interesting to, to see the, it's almost like an epidemic and a lot of things. Um, but people, people don't know any better. They really don't. And I, I see how our society is. So I, I see, I just want to try to help people as much as I can. If you don't mind me asking, since a lot of people do have that, like what would help somebody who has that, like that their crown chakra is black? Right. So a meditation is helpful. And just visualizing your energy opening up to like the cosmos, to um, angels, if you, whatever it is to your spirit guides, you know, ask for our, you know, your spirit guides to come through and, and use your heart. Um, I think, you know, your heart (laughs) and spirit are very much connected, but meditating on that energy opening up can be helpful, but also make sure that you shield yourself, that you're protecting yourself at the same time for anything that comes through. This is important. I think this is a very big question to ask, but when it comes to energy and spirituality, do you have any advice for maybe how someone could know or how they could make sure that they're welcoming good good energy and and good things into their lives without I guess I want to say accidentally opening up to like bad energy, if that makes sense. No, this is a great question. So there's actually um, your, think of your mind as a master gland, all your thoughts, all the things um, that you take in through television, through music, even you need to be careful with the words. A lot of some of my teachers are very much like, be careful of the words that are in (laughs) music because they can subconsciously kind of, kind of throw you off. But you'll notice patterns throughout the day. Certain, certain thoughts will come through your head. And if it's a negative thought, then give it peace, give it forgiveness, maybe to that person, or maybe even to yourself. Um, a lot of times that's a big issue. We need to forgive ourselves and just let that, that negative thought go. So the more that we have a, a positive thoughts running through our head, the more positive energy is going to be within our body. I find that's really important, 
even when people have done you wrong, it's important to be able to forgive them and also let them go because that energy can fester like in the liver with that anger, it's going to hurt you. It's going to poison the vessel it's in more than it's going to poison them. Right. (laughs) So, um, you know, all these things, whatever stresses, you know, that come into our life, we are often think of pure food. Well, there's also pure thoughts and pure, you know, are we listening? What is, what are we taking in through sound? Um, what are we visually taking in through our eyes? These are all, all things that need to be clean and purified as well. I hope that helps. I, I was going to say that was very good advice. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So we're almost at the end of the time because I don't want to like just keep taking your time forever on a maybe service level question. So I have a session with you in a, like a week and a half or so. Um, so I know that you have said that every practitioner is a little bit different, but as far as if someone were to have a session with you, what can they expect in terms of what does it look like? Like, do they lay down? Did they like, how does that go? Yeah, I have a couple options, actually. Um, I usually like people to lay down on the the earth and to be grounded and stable. Um, People kind of feel safer, but I do have a massage table as well. And I just bought this crystal mat that I'm really excited about. It has amethyst and jade and tourmaline, black tourmaline in it. Um, and I may incorporate that um, and because it's so cold out and it'll help keep you warmer as well. Um, but I wouldn't turn on all the functions. Um, and I try to make it as comfortable as possible. Um, I will, you know, I lock the doors. I have music on. I usually burn um, some incense beforehand. I light a candle to kind of invoke, evoke spirit. Um, and I smudge you, uh, with, uh, sage. Um, so I, I really try to be careful with, um, you know, all the energies in, in the area in the room and keep you, make sure you feel safe so that as you relax, you can release things. If you don't feel safe, you're, you're gonna not want to, you know, release things as, as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right, now it's time for part two of this episode. So it's been a few days since I had my Reiki session with Dr. Melissa Mackney. Before we had the conversation that you just heard, I thought Reiki will probably be very relaxing, mainly because, as I've already said, Dr. Melissa Mackney has a very calming presence. So I thought it would be relaxing. She'll probably put crystals like around me or on me or something. And I thought I would never really know if it was actually helpful or not. Thankfully, it was relaxing, but I actually do know that it was helpful. And I'll talk all about it. Even though the things she said to me were pretty personal, I actually don't feel that they are too personal for me to share. So I'm going to talk all about it what it was like, what she said afterward, what I think now. When I walked into her wellness center, she smudged me with what I think was sage. She explained what she was going to do and showed me the crystals she was going to use. Basically, she put some, I think, around me and then also put some like on my body. I laid down on an incline because I'm pregnant. I think she normally has people just lay like flat on their back. 
but it was super comfortable. Um, She asked me to take deep breaths, have the intention of healing, and with every exhale, allow any tension to leave my body. (laughs) One thing I noticed right away is that I had to stop trying to guess what she was thinking. Every once in a while, she would like really, really, really quietly make like a hmm noise or like hmm, but like super quiet. And anytime that would happen, I wanted to be like, what? What is it? Like, what do you see? And so at the, like within like the first few minutes, I was like, okay, Kaylee, like I cannot keep doing that. In fact, actually, the uh, quote from the movie You've Got Mail came to mind when Kathleen Kelly is like, if I really knew you, I know what I would find instead of a brain, a cash register, instead of a heart, a bottom line. <laughs> like, I just thought like, oh, my gosh, what if I, I started to think like, what if she's like, instead of your heart, I saw just a wad of cash or like <laughs> something that would be, I don't know, like uh, maybe embarrassing to me or whatever. It almost reminded me of like, if you go to a medical doctor and you have to be like naked for some reason, like I feel like there is this level of like, oh, she might like really see stuff about my soul or my spirit or whatever. Again, I would say that even though I don't know her well, I trust her. So that wasn't it wasn't that big of a concern, but it did still like cross my mind. Another thing that I thought was really kind of interesting, and you'll find out why soon, (laughs) is that During this session, like I was relaxing, trying to focus on my breath, and I can't remember why this thought popped into my head, but I realized because I'm pregnant, I'm like, as I'm recording this, I'm like seven months pregnant, that I had never thought of my baby as joyful before. As my thoughts were kind of wandering when I was, you know, laying, trying to relax, that just popped into my head. I'm expecting a girl. And I thought like, I always think of her as being like sweet or I don't know what else, but I just thought, oh, I've never thought of her as joyful. And that was just kind of like an out of nowhere thought that just popped into my head. And I I don't really remember what I did with that if I kept thinking about it or if I like said a prayer about it or whatever. But that was just (laughs) the word joy and joyful just kind of came to mind when I thought about my baby. Another thing that kind of was a little strange that happened is one of the times when I was trying to read Melissa's mind, basically, and I had to remind myself not to keep trying to do that, I tried to return my attention to my breath, and I was trying to remind myself to have the intention of healing. But was what was sort of funny is that the thought that I have wasn't have the intention of healing. The thought that I actually had was have the intention of healing and forgiveness. And it kind of surprised me. Like I was like, oh, I didn't mean to think that. And then it made me sort of question like, oh, do I need to, I almost felt like, is there something I need to forgive my body for? Or is there something that I need to forgive myself for? Or I was just doing a little bit of probing. Like I, I was surprised that that thought came up and I was sort of trying to explore, like, do I need to forgive myself or somebody else for anything? So those were just thoughts that I had during that session. And then what she said afterward, afterward, you know, I I sat up and she was sitting across from me facing me. And I know I'm not going to remember the way that she worded everything. Just know, (laughs) just know this is more like my perception of what she said. Um, She said that my crown chakra is on basically on fire, not in a not in a bad way, but like in a good way. But she she said, like, that's all I can think of how to describe it was fire. 
So the crown chakra is basically our connection to like a higher power or the divine. It also represents some other things. Honestly, I really need to learn more about the chakras because I feel like my chakra knowledge is very like basic, but I tried not to let that go to my head. (laughs) Get it? Because it's the crown chakra, (laughs) but it did. So like that day and the next day, I was all like, yes, my crown chakra is on fire. Like this is so cool. But that was kind of encouraging because I feel like I'm, I almost named this podcast Spiritual Journey because I feel like I'm very much on a spiritual journey. And I, I had a little bit of a fear that I, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm on the spiritual journey. I feel like I am connecting with a higher power. And like, what if she says like, wow, your crown chakra is totally blocked or something, you know, it might, it could potentially be a little discouraging to me. So that was cool to hear that my crown chakra is on fire in a good way. The next thing she said was that my baby, she said everything looks good with the baby, like health-wise and everything, but my baby is just radiating joy, like so much joy, which that I was like, whoa, like I almost had, I almost had goosebumps just because like I said, I had that random, like that whole thought about joy pop into my head while she was, you know, doing the whole Reiki thing. But yeah, she said, my baby's just absolutely radiating joy. (laughs) Then she said, this is where it gets like a little personal. Um, So she said when she was focusing on my heart, she saw the word bitter. And okay, it would be one thing if she said something that just totally didn't resonate with me. Like if she if she had said something that I just didn't agree with and thought like, man, that's not true. But (laughs) when she said that. I was pretty much thinking like, yeah, yep, like that That sounds accurate, really. Um, and I'll talk more about what I'm going to kind of do about that in the future, because she said when she tried to see more, if there was more that she could see to give me more information to be helpful, she couldn't. It was just that, that my heart basically had bitter <laughs> written on it or something like that. She also, at the end, she asked if my feet were often cold and told me that she saw that I have poor circulation. I thought this was interesting because before we started the session, she asked me if I had any physical ailments or things that I needed healing for. And I totally, totally forgot to mention, (laughs) this is kind of gross, I'm so sorry, but I'm still going to tell you, that I actually had a podiatrist recently tell me that I have, um, I hate this word, bunions on both sides of both feet. Basically, a bunion is like extra bone material. Um, You cannot tell that by looking at my feet. So I think it's really interesting that she sort of picked up on like a foot issue, even though I didn't tell her. And I didn't intentionally not tell her. It just, it's something that doesn't cause me any pain. So I just don't think about it, really. I just had completely forgotten about it. So what I'm doing with the info that she gave me for the foot thing, she recommended doing hip opening stretches. So like fire log pose for those of you who do yoga. And I've started to incorporate that actually into my morning prayer time. So every morning, well, most I have a toddler, so my schedule is not super consistent. But most mornings I have a few minute prayer time. Now I intentionally sit in fire log pose during that time to help kind of stretch everything and like open up my hips. And for the heart thing, so she recommended I do visualization 
I think she recommended doing sort of like the heart chakra green light visualization. I actually found that I connect a lot more to visualizing like my actual heart organ because when I think, (laughs) when I heard her tell me that she saw the word bitter, what I immediately visualized was like an actual heart that's sort of small, almost like the Grinch's heart. You know how his was two sizes too small? That's sort of small and kind of dark and then has the word bitter written on it. So when I think of like a healthy heart, basically what I think is the opposite of bitter is joyful. So that's kind of the word that I'm going with. So I just visualize like a <laughs> like larger, very healthy looking heart organ with a kind of fancy, happy looking sign in front of it that says joyful. So I've been doing that visualization, just like visualizing like the joyful heart or even the transformation of that image of the bitter heart into the image of the joyful heart. Also, just thanking God for a joyful heart. I guess that's like a prayer, but instead of saying, please give me a joyful heart, I'm just like, thank you so much that I have a joyful heart. I also mentioned this to my therapist, uh, which was funny because she was like, well, that's the first time that anybody's ever brought me information from a Reiki master before. (laughs) But the whole bitter heart thing ended up being a really, really good jumping off point for a lot of healing conversation, like difficult, but healing conversation. So I think that was very good. And... This morning during my prayer time, I randomly like was reminded that I have an old friend. I mean, she's not old, but the only reason that we're not like good friends now is because I don't live near her anymore. But I was reminded that I have an old friend who teaches a class on joy through her church. So I felt like, oh, you know what? I need to reach out to her. And she actually The class isn't going now because the whole like COVID thing, but she did give me information on the book that she uses. So I think I'm probably going to end up buying that and trying to like go through that book as well. All in all, I would say it was actually really, really helpful. Now, at the end of the session, I asked how often someone should get Reiki done or have Reiki performed. I don't know how you word that. Dr. Melissa, I keep saying her full name because I want to call her Dr. Melissa. And then I'm like, yeah, but Melissa's her first name. So <laughs> so forgive me that I keep saying Dr. Melissa Mackney. Anyway, she said it really depends on the person because almost like there's only so much she can do because it's sort of like once you have the information, it's like you have homework, right? Which is how I feel. I think, would I ever have that done again? Probably, but I probably wouldn't go back soon because I feel that I already have the information I need to give my spiritual journey some direction. I thought it was great. I'm really glad that I did it. I think I had to not allow myself to panic about the bitter heart thing or to take it on as if like it's a label that I have for the rest of my life. That's something that I think maybe if I were less aware or intentional, I may have accidentally done is like taking that I was about to say taking it to heart, taking that to heart like I have a bitter heart, but rather saying this whole Reiki session was basically a tool to help me and I'm going to use the information intentionally to help me and to help me grow. I would highly recommend it. I think it probably really depends on who the practitioner is. If you live in, 
I guess, southern Michigan, which is where I live, south central Michigan. That is where Dr. Melissa Mackney is based. She actually is in Jerome. So if that's close to you, I would recommend it. You can find her online at pureearthyoga.com. And I'll put that in the show notes, like the link to it. She's also on Facebook at the same name, Pure Earth Yoga. I think her business is Pure Earth Yoga and Wellness Center. If you want to connect with Dr. Melissa Mackney, I will put her information, like I said, in the show notes. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Spirit Body Podcast. I would love to hear from you, hear your thoughts on the episode if you've ever tried Reiki. As always, if you have any stories of answered prayer or like a law of attraction manifestation, I love putting together those episodes for you. So if you have a story you want to share, reach out to me on Instagram and we can see if it's like, you know, appropriate. Anyway, thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing, amazing week. Love you. Bye.